This is our eighth session now on 1 Thessalonians 2, 13-16. For you brothers became imitators, you brothers in Thessalonica became imitators of the churches of God in Christ that are in Judea, referring now to the suffering. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Jews. Who, and then the rest of this describes the filling up of of these sins, which we'll talk about more specifically next time, of the Jewish people in that they, the Lord Jesus, killed, and the prophets, and us drove out, and God displeases, do not please, and all people opposed in that they were hindering us from speaking to the nations, the Gentiles, that they may be saved, hence the opposition. It's an opposition to all people because people have to hear the gospel to be saved, and they were hindering the preaching of the gospel in order always to fill up their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the end. So I want to linger and talk about the relationship between Jesus being killed, the prophets, and us, and God, and all the people. How do those all fit together? Father, show us now how Paul is thinking here, and how the effect of the killing of Jesus and the prophets and the apostles being opposed and killed relates to all people and to God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm suggesting this. The Lord Jesus killed is the main statement. And then two of his kinds of spokesmen are referred to prophets and us. Now, I realize that the first thing that comes to mind here is Old Testament prophets, and that may be very well what it means because there are texts like this in the Old Testament. The Levites spoke to the people. They, Israel, were disobedient and rebelled against you, O God, and cast your law behind their back and killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back. So there's no doubt that there's ample New Testament and Old Testament witness to the fact that the Jewish people were historically often very recalcitrant against the prophetic word and sometimes killed the prophets. But consider this passage from Matthew 23. Jesus is speaking. I send you prophets and wise men, and scribes, and some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that 
On you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. So this, these prophets are New Testament prophets. These wise men, New Testament wise men, these scribes, New Testament Christian scribes, wise men, and tellers of gospel truth that Jesus is saying, I'm going to send these to you, and you're going to kill some of them, crucify some of them, flog them in your synagogues, and persecute them from town to town. And there is therefore a continuity between the Old Testament killing of prophets and the New Testament killing of prophets. So it may well be here that when Paul says, you killed the Lord, they killed Jesus and the prophets and drove us out. He's saying there were two effects that came from the killing of Jesus. One is the silencing of his prophets, and the other is the opposition to his apostles. Two different groups who went out declaring the gospel. And then, if that's the case, we could ask, okay, this right here is a division between, if that's what happened, Jesus killed, one group of his spokesmen uh, nullified, another group opposed. What is the effect of that on God and on people? And the answer here is, on God, he is not pleased. In fact, this is an understatement, because wrath is really what is implied. So the effect of this action against the Lord Jesus and against prophets and against apostles is intense displeasure manifest in wrath. And what's the effect on people? People, this is one, this is two, are opposed. How are they opposed? Because in resisting us, driving us out, they are hindering us from speaking the gospel. And only by the gospel can people be saved. And so the nations, the Gentiles, all the peoples throughout the whole Roman Empire are being opposed because the only way they can be saved is by hearing the good news. Anybody that stands in the way of the preaching of the good news is opposing human beings. If you ever hear anybody saying they are defending human beings and the good of human beings by resisting the gospel of Jesus, they're not telling the truth. Anybody who resists the speaking of the gospel to the nations and the Gentiles is opposing and hindering, but hindering the gospel and opposing people because that's the only way they can be saved. So you read in Acts 13 this. Paul and Barnabas in synagogue of Antioch of Pisidia spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, you Jewish people, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. I wonder if they're going to be able to go unhindered. 
And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spreading. There it goes. It's going to spread. Yes. Spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city and stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out. Now, that's what Paul refers to right here. They drove us out, out of Judea and repeatedly out of the synagogues and out of the regions. They drove us out of their district. But Paul and Barnabas shook off the dust from their feet against them. I think that's full of portent because I think that knocking the dust off their feet is a symbolic way of saying, you have judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, and we leave it to you. In other words, they are filling up their sins and bringing down wrath upon them to the end. So we have a text that describes um, how the the people were opposed when the Jews opposed the apostles and drove them out. And we have this text about prophets being killed, New Testament prophets being killed. So we see that they opposed these prophets, these New Testament prophets, and they opposed all people, and they opposed the apostles. So if we go back to our text, they kill the prophets, which could be these New Testament prophets, and they drive us out, and they thus displease God and bring down his wrath, and oppose all people by hindering the gospel. So the killing of Jesus unleashes prophetic words which they oppose and apostles which they oppose, and the two responses to that are wrath from God and people being hindered from hearing the gospel. Now the question is, what is meant by this filling up of their sins? Let me read you a text. Stop, and we'll pick it up there next time. Let's go to Matthew 23, 29. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets. You decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, if we lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in the shedding of the blood of the prophets. Referring to the Old Testament prophets now. Thus, you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets Fill up, then, the measure of your fathers. Did Paul hear that and work it out here in order to always fill up their sins? That's what we'll talk about next time.